All right, all right. So grab your drink, grab a cookie, do what you got to do. Come join us, find a seat. Welcome to More to Life. And this is on the back table, just so you know. What does it say? It says, I would love Phil to briefly interview me on an MTL night. And then it says, example questions are to the right. So that's back on that table. You can sign up and then look at some of the questions I'll ask you, and then you'll know what I'm going to ask you. You don't have to look at the questions first and then, and then decide if you want to sign up. You can do that if you want to, but it's much more fun just to write your name down and then look at the questions and realize, oh, that's what Phil might ask me when I'm up there. But I don't know if you guys have been here when we've interviewed people. It's kind of fun. We did Alex Cooper just a couple weeks ago. We'd love to do one person a month. So once out of the two times that we meet in a month, I'd love to pull someone up here for like five, ten minutes, ask them some questions. We strangely get to know one another in this cool little way by doing that. And that's a good thing, right? Connection. It's all a good thing. Anyway, now I realize our last More to Life was a little bit heavy. I know this. Like, I try and look ahead and I look at talks and I look at like the vibe and the feeling of what it's going to feel like that night, the energy. I realized I realize last MTL was a little bit heavy. We were talking about some things. We were looking at some videos, some lyrics. Um, I think we need those moments and those nudges and those reminders sometimes, right? Like it's completely appropriate. With that said, tonight's going to be a little bit lighter. Yay! So that's a good thing. Tonight's going to be a little bit lighter, and we're going to kick it all off with a story. This, uh, Stephanie brought this book to me last week, and she was like, Phil, you've got to check this book out. Have you heard of it? And I was like, no. Uh, but anyway, this is called A Perfectly Messed Up Story by Patrick McDonald. So here we go. Whew. This is Louie's story. There's Louie. Once upon a time, little Louie went skipping merrily along. Tra-la-la-la-la, he sang. For in his heart, Louie knew everything was just, hey, hold on. Wait, what's, what's that? There's jelly. I don't know if you can see it. It looks like real jelly. Sniff, sniff. Lick, lick. Ah, jelly stain. How did that get there? This isn't right. Who would eat a jelly sandwich while reading my book. Plop. Right? Peanut butter just fell on his face. Jelly and peanut butter? Ugh. The chunky kind, too. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody's fingerprints are all over this. Keeps going on. Oh, no. What next? Orange juice. Ugh. My story is getting all messed up. We need to show some respect here. Books are important. They teach us stuff, and they inspire us. Now, can I please get on with my story? Thank you. Okay, from the top. Once upon a time, little Louie went skipping merrily along. Tra-la-la-la-la-la. Now there's crayon writing in the book, right? You have got to be kidding. This is awful. Quick, get a paper towel. This is the part I love. Rub, rub, rub. Careful, careful. I, this is the worst thing ever. What am I going to do? I was at a wedding the other day, and the groom's face was shiny. And his brother pointed it out. He was like, man, your face is really shiny. 
And so they pull out a handkerchief, and his brother's wife is there, and they give the handkerchief to the groom, and he starts rubbing his face, and she's like, Dab! Dab! You don't rub. That's, that's kind of here. This is kind of what I'm getting at. But anyway, it just brings it to mind for me. I'm sorry. Once upon a time, stop, forget it. My story is ruined. It's all over. I'm just in a messy old book that will end up in some garage sale, a book no one will ever want, read, or love. I give up. Go on without me. This is Louis's story. Who cares? Once upon a time, little Louis went skipping merrily along. Tra-la-la-la-la, he sang. Oh, life was so much simpler back then. For in his heart, Louis knew everything was just what? Just what? Fine. Wow. Everything is fine. I'm still here. You're still reading. And it is a pretty good story, messes and all. So, come on, let's finish this. This is Louis' story. I love it. And nothing is going to stop me. The end. Now, I'm reading that story simply because life can be pretty messy, right? Life can certainly not go according to plan. I think we've all felt that one. But it is yours. Your gift of life is all yours, your script, your choices, and it's always your next move. I recently sent out an email with a Macklemore video for your listening pleasure. I don't know if you got that or if you saw it, but here's some of the lyrics I want to highlight for you. He says, I wish I wouldn't have, I wish I would have gotten out of my shell, wish I would have put the bottle back on that shelf, wish I wouldn't have worried about what other people thought and felt comfortable in myself. Never thought we'd get old, maybe we're still young. Maybe we always look back and think it was better than it was. Maybe these are the moments. Maybe I've been missing what it's about. Been scared of the future, thinking about the past while missing out on now. We've come so far, I guess I'm proud, and I ain't worried about the wrinkles around my smile. I've got some scars, I've been around, I've thrown some pain, I've seen some things, but I'm here now. Those good old days. I wish somebody would have told me that someday these will be the good old days. All the love you won't forget and all these reckless nights you won't regret. Someday soon your whole life's gonna change. You'll miss the magic of these good old days. Tonight, I hope you're here at MTL to adventure inward. I hope you're here to embrace that your story can be messy. I hope you're here to listen and learn and maybe gain a little bit of access to your heart. I hope you're here to know yourself just a little bit more and hopefully to get comfortable with yourself. And specifically tonight, we're going to talk about passions. Part two, one foot in front of the other. We're going to talk more about passion. Now, did anybody go build a cairn this week? Or an Ebenezer? Anybody? No? Did you? Shame. Shame. No, seriously, I thought more about that after I told that story. Last week, I told a story about building a Karen or an Ebenezer. Um, I returned to it twice, and it was knocked down. And I could tell that it was knocked down because it didn't just fall down, right? These stones were scattered, man. 
Like, someone's going around knocking these things down. I've never knocked one down in my life. But someone knocked mine down twice and totally destroyed it. But anyway, moving on. We'll, we'll let that be in the past. Yeah, let me tell you how I really feel. <laughs> Some people go to therapy to talk about, like, real problems. I talk about my Karen being destroyed. Um, now, passion, passion, passion. I want to preface this with it's easy to talk about passion um, through the lens of career. It's way too easy to do. Through the lens of what you do to make money. I know last time I ended up talking a little bit that way. It's so hard to talk about passion without going that direction. I'll probably do it again tonight. Just kind of ignore that part or say, oh, well, it could be you know, what you do for a living. It can also be so much more. So I want, I want you to at least hear what I'm saying right now. If you don't hear it the rest of the time, passion runs deeper than your finances. It stretches far beyond your hobbies or the activities or the talents that you participate in or the stuff that you're good at or the stuff that you even get recognized for. Passion's more. It's got to be more. So you've got to let it breathe a little bit tonight while we talk. Okay? Now, last time I mentioned how every story you've read and how every story you've probably watched on a screen can be summed up like this. There's a character. They want something. They overcome conflict to get it. Not my words. That's an author, Donald Miller. So I'm taking his stuff, repackaging it, giving it to you. Character wants something, overcomes conflict to get it. So keeping that in mind, I want to look back at your homework assignment that I said right at the end of last week. Now, I said, I want everybody to try and see this movie. Please stand by. What is it about? There's a young woman. She escapes from her group home, hoping to get her Star Trek script produced in Hollywood. With her sister and psychiatrist at her heels, she must conquer a new world full of challenges. Now I was going to show you, should we try it? Here, let's try it. I was going to try and show you the trailer. Did anybody watch it? Few people. My wife is one of them. She doesn't count. She had to watch it with me. You know what I mean. She counts in big ways, guys. But not in that way. <laughs> Well, I'm not even going to show the trailer. I'm not even going to show it. But here's what you need to know. Where, should I show the trailer? All right, let's try and show it. Let's try and show it. Hang on. We'll see. It's always a gamble here. I never know if sound's going to work, what's going to happen, what's going to go on. See, there's no sound right now, but let's try it again. What is it doing? Hang on. Let's go for audio. All right, let's try it again. Hang on. Nothing? Let's see. I, last time it just all of a sudden worked. It started working, guys. I'll turn on the subtitles. <laughs> no, we'll skip it. It's okay. It's not a make or break kind of thing. Here's what you need to know. There's a who in the movie, and her name is Wendy. She's pretty awesome when you watch the show. You guys are going to go want to go watch it after this, I guarantee. Now, 
I was watching the show, and based on like what I read about the movie, I thought I knew what she wanted. You gotta watch the movie to figure out what she really wants, though. Because she definitely wants to get her script produced in Hollywood, but there's a reason she wants to do that, right? And so the wants kind of keep going just a little deeper, and a little bit deeper, and a little bit deeper. So you get to this point in the movie, and you realize she's in this group home because she used to throw tantrums. And she still kind of does. And so she has a sister who's had a daughter. And she's an aunt now. And she's proud of being an aunt. And she's never met her niece. And she wants to come back home and live with her sister and be an aunt. She really wants that. Would you say that's accurate? Now, so through the movie, like if she gets this script produced, she could win $100,000. And she would be able to like have the money and she would be able to move back home with her sister who is right now trying to sell her house and move somewhere else. And that's the house they grew up in. And that also strikes a chord with Wendy as well. She knows that if I win this money, you won't have to sell mom's house, and then I can come back home, and I can live with you, all this kind of stuff. I won't tell you how it ends, okay? So we can't go that far. But it's an incredible, powerful story. There's the who, there's the what does she want, and then there's what does she do. She does some pretty incredible stuff in this movie when you just watch it unfold in front of you, all the steps that she goes through and tries to take. Because the script has a deadline, and she's got to get it there. And there's also a holiday, and we know all how that works with the postal system. You're like, oh, man, seriously, no mail's going to be delivered that day? Okay. So all of these events unfold, and there's plenty and plenty of conflict. Last week, we talked a lot about this portion, how at the core of passion is suffering. We talked a lot about conflict in relation to passion the suffering that's involved, the stuff that you go through, it is inevitable. It will come. Resistance, conflict, trouble, all of it's there. But this week, we want to talk about this and this. What do you want and what will you do? What do you want and what will you do? I've found it pretty helpful to imagine myself as a character in a story. To imagine, like, here's my story. Like, okay, so I got to tell another story. Hang on. Also went to a wedding in the past two weeks. And I'm standing at the wedding. And before the wedding, there are these two women talking to me. And, and they, they look at me and they say, are you going to say something about cell phones before the ceremony? And I was like, I know, I know. And no, I'm not. It's Jordy. Tell him to come. Um, and they look at me. And they're like, are you going to say something about cell phones? And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, like, Brian Groom didn't want me to, so I'm not going to say it. And they're like, you really should say something about cell phones. And I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, what else do you tell them at this point? I've got a script. Here's what we're rolling with. I'm not going to. And so anyway, and they were like, oh, no, well, people will probably turn them off and all that kind of thing. I kid you not, we're 30 seconds into the wedding. 
30 seconds into the wedding, people are walking down the aisle. One of those women's cell phones went off. <laughs> it was a riot. I started laughing. I hope nobody was watching me because everyone else was kind of like, you know, but it was totally one of those women. She's reaching for her bag really quick. She's like so embarrassed. It was awesome. Anyway, I had to tell that story quick. I found it extremely helpful to imagine myself in a story as a character who wants something and has to overcome conflict to get it. I don't know if that would help you ever to like actually remove yourself just a little bit from your life and your story somehow enough to like put it on paper and imagine, okay, so what would my trailer look like, right? Like if there was a movie poster about my life, what would that be? Like if I had to sum it up and get people to come pay money to see it, what would I write? Like what's going to be on there, right? Who am I? What do I want? What do I have to do? And what conflict am I going to go through to get it? Those questions. Now, maybe I'm weird and that doesn't help you at all. And you're like, Phil, come on. Um, your brain works in strange ways. That's okay. But these four questions, who are you? What do you want? What are you going to do? And what conflict are you going to go through to get it? I think they're important and I think those can help everybody when you're kind of talking about the idea of passion in your life. The first question should be pretty easy, I think. Hopefully most of you guys can get that one. Like, who are you? <laughs> I, I breeze through that one like nobody's business. That one's pretty easy. I'm Phil. It's like, it's good. It's the second one that I get hung up on all the time. What do I want? What do I really want? Now, last time I made a joke about like going to see a movie about a guy who wants a car really bad and in the end he gets it and how boring that kind of a movie or story would be. Unless you're in myself and you've always wanted a Volvo with a seat in the back that faces backwards, that story's pretty interesting. <laughs> if you ever want to hear about that one, I've got that one. Come talk to Ann or come talk to me. Death of a dream is what I call that story, death of a dream. <laughs> um, but sometimes the things we want could honestly be better. Like, so this is my little nudge to you guys. Sometimes the things we want could be better. More money, bigger TV, those kind of sunglasses. Like, those really aren't the stuff of passionate stories, right? They're not. Passion compels us to consider a larger story. It's, a, it's like there's a want or desire within you that's bigger than yourself. It's a bigger story. I believe that you are a character designed to be distracted by a noble desire. Again, not my words. Donald Miller. I'm going to say it one more time. You are a character designed to be distracted by a noble desire, a want that is bigger than you. Is there anything wrong with a new car, a bigger home, or the latest phone? No. Like, I'm not here trying to tell you guys that. But none of those are going to do it for you when we're talking about passion. None of them. So you've got roughly 3,000 ads hitting you a day telling you all the shit you want. 
3,000. It's probably like over that for some of you, like me. But like, I mean, on Netflix alone today, I'm, I'm well over 3,000. Like, it's just how it goes. And all of these things are telling you what you should want. So it's no wonder that we get lost and that we find ourselves thinking like, what do I want? What do I really want? Because I've chased after some of those things and they didn't do it for me. But man, like, I really want to get down to what do I want? And I'd want to get past being stuck on this question. All right. You are a character with a noble desire and will engage suffering to get it. I'm changing it up a little bit, right? You're a character with a noble desire and will engage suffering to get it. Now, here we are stuck at the second question, what we want. Again, I have another quick story. I'm coaching fifth grade basketball right now. Is Lincoln in the room? Great. He's in fifth grade on my team. Star player. No. <laughs> no. Fifth grade basketball. I've seen it before. I've sat on the sidelines. I've thought, what is that coach doing? I had grandiose idea of like my players setting picks and running plays and winning games. That is not our story. <laughs> our story is a much different one. It's a perfectly messed up story is what it is. Like, so, you know, after the first practice, I tried to regauge some of my expectations, some of my ideas about how this was going to shake down, what we were going to do. You know, here's what I can confidently say about my team. We haven't won a game. Not because we haven't tried. <laughs> like, we've tried. My guys love showing up to practice, though. They love playing the game of basketball. They never talk down to one another out on the court or in practice. They never say, oh, I can't believe you missed that shot. I'm pretty proud of my fifth grade basketball team and all of our losses. We are not undefeated. We are defeated. <laughs> we haven't won a game yet. Yes, 100% defeated. That's what we are. But it's pretty interesting. And I tell you that story because after the first game, I turn around to some of the parents. Here's how my mind goes. My mind's like, these parents are expecting big things. <sighs> and I'm the coach. I am not delivering. So I turned around to them and I was like, well, I don't know what to tell you guys. I can only work with what I've got, you know? <laughs> and one of the dads was like, too true, too true. I'm telling you that story. When it comes to passion, you can only work with what you've got. Sometimes we get a really distracted when it comes to passion. We're looking outward. We're looking at other people's passions. We're looking at all sorts of things. But something that Bo said last week really stuck with me when I was kind of crafting this talk, which is, what if your passions have been with you all along? What if they're there? What if you haven't paid attention to them? What if you haven't cultivated them? What if you've buried them? What if they're inside of you? I'm going to encourage you this week to work with what you've got. That's where we're going to go with this passion talk. To completely be hooked on yourself and figure out the passions that are inside of you. Because, well, let's just get to the first one. No passion. 
I've met a lot of people who say, well, I just don't have any passion. I'm clueless when it comes to this. I don't even know what I care about. I think you know more than you realize you do. You've lived this long, and you've had a lot of different experiences. And the place where I love to start is, what are you not passionate about? Start making that list and go crazy with it, because I can fill up a book, right? I immediately think of spreadsheets. I am not passionate at all about spreadsheets. <laughs> like, I mean, that comes to the forefront of my mind screaming. If I keep thinking, I think, oh, blood. Anything that involves blood. Like, count me out. Like, I'm not passionate at all about blood. Like, not at all. It's gone. Health food, not passionate. In fact, what's interesting about that is, I think I found something I am passionate about, sugar. Like, so not passionate about this, maybe that gives me a direct link to something I am passionate about and I do care about, right? Like, but you can fill up a book with that stuff. What are you not passionate about? Start putting that on a list. Build it. Pay attention to it. The majority of times, we haven't sat down to consider what we're passionate about, what we're not passionate about. We haven't thought about it. We haven't intentionally considered it and reflected on it. And I think that's a great starting place to say, what are you not passionate about? I think you know a lot of the stuff you're not passionate about. So maybe start there. Play around with that a little bit. See where it might take you. Now, before we go on to the next one, I want to hit it just a little bit more that when it comes to your passions and what you've got to work with, stop comparing yourself to other people. You've got to do it. I'm a full-hearted believer that you're unique from your DNA to like your passions. And we need you to kind of chase after those things and be about them in the world. And a lot of times what starts happening is when you say, well, I'm not passionate about this and I kind of feel passionate about this, you start looking at other people's passions and you say, well, mine isn't exciting enough. It's not significant enough. It's not big enough. It's not large enough. It's not ah, compelling enough. It isn't adventurous enough. And it, it's just not enough when you start comparing it to other people's passions. I just want to tell you to stop doing that. You got to stop doing that. And you've got to just simply start saying, okay, what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it I'm not passionate about? What is it I'm passionate about? Because you are unique. You're going to have your own passions, and we're going to need you to pursue those and chase after them and live connected to them so you feel like life is full and, and meaningful and all of those good things. Now, the next one is called the hats we wear. Can you go back and grab those sheets and those pens and start passing them out? They're just back there on the table. The hats we wear. So I'm going to explain this as she starts passing this out. Because you're going to have, in just a moment, you're going to have about two and a half minutes. I'm going to play a song. You're going to have a chance to fill out a piece of paper. Whoa, crazy on a more to life night. I know. You're going to have to write something. Now, it can be anonymous because you're not going to turn this into me. I want you to keep this. But here's what I want you to think about. Currently in your life, there are roles that you fulfill and occupy. There are spaces and places that you've chosen to enter into or simply by being who you are, you have responsibilities in your life. That's what we're talking about with the mini hats you wear. 
I'm guessing tonight that you could identify at least five, and I've given you some roles on this paper to help you identify those. So you're going to get a piece of paper that says the many hats you currently wear in life. Student, friend, sibling, business owner, artist, parent, employee, coach, athlete, advocate for blank, spouse, writer, musician, leader, and so many others. On the side, you'll find numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. What I want you to try and do is apply a little bit of your head and heart. You can use any on the list I gave you. You can also use the ones that I didn't put on the paper that you know you occupy that space. You wear that hat. You fulfill that role in life right now. I just want you to try and identify five. What are those five roles, like areas that you would fulfill, right? No, no order of importance, because that always screws me up. Like when people are like, oh, number one should be the most important. Then I sit there for another 10 minutes trying to figure that out. Um, so here, I'm going to play a song, and you guys, all right. Maybe I didn't give you enough time, but you get to take the paper home. That's the good news. The next thing I want you to think about is we had a, we had a who, we had a what, and the next thing was a do. You get to take the paper home. You get to look at the five roles, the five hats you wear, maybe something you want in each of those areas. And then the question you get to ask yourself is, what action can I take to step closer to what I want in that area? What I'm trying to do is simplify this passion process for you. I get to stand up here twice a month and look out at all your faces and see students, teachers, fathers, mothers, daughters, sons, business owners, employees, leaders, writers, musicians. Like, I get to stand up here and I get to hear stories over the month of the things that you've done and the places and spaces that you occupy. And I see so much passion. And then sometimes I sit across from a table from someone who has so much passion and I hear, I just don't feel like I have any passion. And it's like, oh my God. Do you know the gift of your friendship to those five people that you have over for dinner like twice a month? The support system that you provide them, the stories that you help them through and how you help them walk forward? Ah, oh, oh my gosh. Like, I sit there and I listen to a father talk to me. And I watch his heart break. I'm like, you're so passionate about your kids. You're so passionate about these things. Like, it's there. And literally, it's inside of you. And you have a lot to work with. But sometimes, we overlook it trying to simplify that process so you can say, all right, these are some areas I definitely know I'm in. All right, now what do I want in those areas? What's the next step past that? What can I do? What step can I take? What action can I start to live out to get after that want? Because it is a passion for you probably. So start stepping into that. See what that looks like. 
I've got a few more for you, so you get to take that paper home. The next one's called Life Meter. This one's super simple. Super simple. This is all about like paying attention, right? So you're living your life, you're doing things, you're part of places and all sorts of things happening. So you find a way to track how you feel. That's it. Maybe it's a journal, maybe it's something on your phone, but you say, okay, before I do that thing, here's how I feel. While I'm doing it, here's how I feel. Afterwards, here's how I feel. Do that for a couple weeks. This is about asking the question, what makes you come alive? What fills you up? What brings you joy? What do you naturally feel drawn to already in your life? And pay attention to some of those things. It could be a good way for you to help look at and balance out, maybe there are some things that I really care about some things that I really feel inclined to do and pursue. That might be a good way for you to do it. A life meter. You're just kind of keeping track of things. That's one that really doesn't work for me because I'll talk myself out of things. I don't know if that's you or not. I'll just be like, well, like, I mean, it was pretty good. You know, uh, I should do it again. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, and I like completely talk myself out of it and think like, well, I should do it because it makes me miserable, you know, or something. I don't know. But this could be a good one for you. It's all about finding what works for you as well. Next one, follow your curiosity. This is a good one. This is a really good one. This is about like maybe not finding what you've got to work with. This is maybe about finding something new. So you're paying attention to the things that pique your curiosity, things that you would read about. I try and sum it up like this. Would you take an online course about that? Because online courses are boring. They're like so boring, <laughs> awful boring. But not that one, right? Not that one. That really piques my curiosity. That might be something you should chase after. You try, you learn, you discover, you experiment. You like step out into new things. I've heard so many speakers over the past year be like, okay, you're feeling passionless. Go sign up for square dancing. What? <laughs> just go try it. Just jolt yourself, shake yourself up. Just do something new. Just try something. Well, I don't want to square dance. So then I was, but I'll sign up for a hip hop class dance. You know, I'll go after that. Something like that. What would pique your curiosity enough that you would sit down through an online class for it? and you can like literally try and find something else. If you're trying to think outside the box and like expand it and find a new passion, something that's not possibly buried deep within you, maybe, maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's the route you should go. The last one I put on here is this, your true colors. I'm gonna try and sum this one up fast because it's 649. We used to take students on a trip called Shasta and we would write cards to each other. And I think about that so so much in life. Like telling someone literally what you think of them and why you admire them and how much they mean to you. Um, all my stories now come from weddings, but last weekend I had a wedding. Go figure. And the bride assured me that she would not be emotional. In fact, her friends told me she's the least emotional person you've ever met in your life. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> right? But so we're standing up there, 
And she's, he went, champ, no tears, nothing. And they thought he might get emotional, didn't. She starts going, and she just can't do it, you know? She's crying, and uh, I brought her tissue. We did all the, I did all the things, you know, like she's trying to get through it. And afterwards, we're hanging out. We went outside to do some pictures, and we were doing some other things. And I asked her, I was like, so, wow, right? Like, you didn't see that coming. Nobody did. And she was like, oh, my gosh, when I got to it, like, I just didn't, I didn't, I couldn't think. I couldn't talk to him. I wanted to look anywhere but his eyes. I just wanted to look at the floor. And I said, isn't it amazing how many times in life we don't look someone in the eyes and we don't tell them how we feel about them. And then when you get to a place where you have to do it, how crazily overwhelming it is and hard it is, but how emotionful it is. It's filled with emotion. Now, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about that SNL sketch a long time ago, Church Lady. Have you thought about that one? Where she stands in front of the mirror and she says things to herself. He does, pretending to be her. Yeah. And, he, and he's like saying, some of you haven't seen it, but it's really good. Go Google it tonight, SNL Church Lady. Just watch them all. He stands in front of the mirror and says this. So I was thinking, like, how cool would it be for you to reaffirm to yourself somehow that these are the things you do care about? Because so many times you get caught up thinking, ah, those passions are better, these ones. But like just for you to like sit down tonight, like you wrote down those five roles, maybe you could sit down and script out a paragraph that says like, I really enjoy being a dad. And honestly, at times I don't feel like it's enough, but I love it. And I'm going to choose to put my heart into it, and here are the things I'm going to do, and then I keep that card with me. I keep that card with me so I can read it again, and I can reaffirm to myself, like, I do care about this when I'm feeling like it's not enough, when I'm feeling like it's not cool enough or the passion I should be chasing after. Like, some of those reminders, some of those things. I mean, if you want to go as far as like looking in a mirror and talking to yourself, go for it. You know what I mean? I talk to myself all the time. I've heard it means you're a very smart person. Like, if you find yourself talking to yourself, it's kind of like genius status level. Like, if, if that's you, we're, we're doing good. But like, if you want to look into a mirror and talk to yourself and look into your own eyes, that already sounds hard. Like, I don't know. I could do that right now tonight, go home and do that. But maybe you can work up the courage to do something like that about your passions, to reaffirm those, to connect to those, to live from that space in who you are. Hatless. Nice. Oh, L, that's good. Did anybody else think about that? That's awesome. I like that. Mm. I think one of the hardest things, and I always think it's just me. I think one of the hardest things in life is like getting comfortable with yourself and really living from that place and that space. That's a hard thing to do. 
That's why I always go back to what is it like whoever said to know yourself? I don't even know. Socrates, thank you, Don. Socrates, like that seems like the lifelong quest to really know yourself and to live from that space and to be comfortable with it. Mm, that was good. Yeah, sorry about the hats thing. You should just cross it off and be like, I don't wear a hat. Like, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> Whatever it is. So, with that said, until next time, friends, may you want better things, things bigger than you. May you discover that your passions have been with you all this time. May you allow your noble desire to move you forward and avoid comparing yourself to those around you. May you take action and follow your curiosity and in doing so help others to do the same. And finally, when you feel clueless or too tired or if the resistance or suffering seems too much, I pray that you may simply keep putting one foot in front of the other because that's the story of passion. And your story is going to be amazing. Though I'm guessing it will be a perfectly messed up one. <laughs> Amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Thanks for showing up to More to Life. If you want to sign up to be interviewed, please get on that list. Please get on that list. Look at the questions. They're back there. And as always, there's some posters if you want to put posters up around. Um, you guys go out there and find your passions. Find them. I don't know. <laughs>